Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClam, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show. Show cause milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internet's welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Finally sitting down with a good fella, okay? Uh, there's so many things you could call this guy. I mean, listen, overall guru, okay? And I don't mean only overall, okay? I'm talking about real overalls, <laughs> okay? You and know, a good fella, but, 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 but not a gangster or Italian. No, 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 no. But a good fella. <laughs> you a fan of Goodfellas, the movie? Yeah, yeah, that was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny. Well, Internet, I'll, I'll, I'll give him another intro in a second, but Farrah March is in the building. Uh, uh, I remember one time you were saying, and rest in peace, our brother Combat Jack, Reggie, um, I remember you said, telling us, I think it could have been off air, on air, that like a lot of your music and songs that you made were, uh, you know, inspired by films. Right, right. You know, uh, like what, what what's some of the films that really, you know, you well, grew up with? Well, just that whole... That whole run with De Niro and uh, casinos and that 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 whole movement. Even Simon Says was kind of like that guy was kind of like get the fuck up. That's yeah. kind of like why I have that voice on that. that yeah, song. like some Joe Pesci <laughs> shit. Now that I think of it, I didn't even realize that yeah. shit. Now it does sound like some Joe Pesci yeah. shit, like you know, or some Italian shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so so you think about for people listening who know Farrah Macho, even for people listening who don't, you know. You grew up in Queens, right? Yep, yep, South Jamaica. Mom and dad? uh, Yep. Yeah. What did mom do? Mom was a nurse. Pops worked for Pan America before the demise of the company. Oh, is that that the Air Air, uh, Airline? Pan Am. Mm, mm. What happened to Pan Am? They chapter 11 or whatever the fuck they did and went under. Mm. He was crushed, you know. He was a working man, so he just kind of retired after that you know you had a good relationship with pops like yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. You, you would go places at young young age in queens and yeah shit? yeah and then later on him and prince pole became kind of became boys and shit. really I'm like they chill more than chilling with prince more than me like i would come prince to the, prince yeah prince pole oh prince paul organized okay. organized and i would come to the house and prince would already be there and shit because that was like the hub same as y'all was just talking about Milk D yeah. off air. My crib was like the hub for the whole organized thing and where a lot of the, um, you know, the, the thought process went down and the rehearsal went down. Like, we, we wrote Fudge Pudge. Sure. Classic. Yeah. Now, you, you think about it. You're a young kid, right, in Queens. You, well, first of all, what was your first job? You remember that? Like... Yeah. What was that? I, I got a job at Alexander's. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> Alexander. These just don't even exist Yo, no more. You know more. what's so funny, man? <laughs> Yo, it's it's funny because Benson, a videographer, uh, he's looking like he don't even he don't even know what the fuck Alexander's yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess it looks it's crazy. Look, look, first of all, who the fuck thought you would be here this long, right? That's first of all. We haven't even got to you starting to rap. Or right. starting to uh, uh, pursue your passion, 
you think about it. Who the fuck? Like, not everybody. And I say this. I've sat down with a lot of people over the years with combat myself. Who would have ever thought, you know, I don't know, 30 years later? Mm. Right? Right. How many years are you in? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that you're still doing this. Yeah. Still touring. Still making music. Yeah. People still listen and care. I mean, that's that's got to be a special feeling. Yeah, but if if I honestly think back to the beginning, that was the thought process. And it's not for everybody, and that's cool, too. If you're like, yo, I'm going I'm to bang this shit out for a couple of summers and then transition, that's fine, too. But just the cloth and the elk that I'm from, like the digging for the samples had me always like, um, you know, why are these records still relevant mm. 15, 20 years later that we're sampling in the 70s and the, in the 80s and 69 and these old jazz records or whatever and what makes them that way. And then on the on the rock, on the rock shit too, you know, I was seeing a lot of my my guys that I had been in the business for a long time that I was fans of still touring. So I looked at the shit long term from the beginning. So you're working at Alexander's. Alexander's. And, yeah. And, and and then after that, you just like, did you decide like you wanted to like, because, you know, it's funny you say that too about like, uh, uh, you didn't want to like get in real quick. I remember growing up when people wanted to rap, like it was just like a, a chance to get out of the hood, right. a chance to, uh, you know, I mean, you hope to make something out of it, but a lot of people were just looking for a chance to, you know, make some money. And plus, you know, back then without social media, we still lived in a flashy world, man, you know, where people just saw hip hop as a flash, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like where it's like, yo, I want to be like that. Just mm -hmm. think about like growing up. I remember like, I always say it, it's like I grew up in Coney Island and then I grew up in Bensonhurst. So I grew up in best of both worlds. I remember seeing D-Boys, B-Boys, you know, give me a chance to see all that. And then I remember seeing, like, guys pull up in Cadillacs and people taking their coats off. And I was like, what the? So, you know, I think at that age, people, I don't know if people saw themselves in there for, 30, you know, 30 years from now, but it was, like, inspiring to want to be an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the word artist, that's the key. Like, as far back as third or fourth grade, Deep inside me, you know, in terms of that structure of what I was being taught even back then, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I had a different idea of what this was going to be first grade. Sure. Like, in my mind, I was like, okay, and then they teach you how to levitate, and then you move shit with your mind, and then you learn how to fucking... And I was just like, this is... What is this? So even in, by fourth grade, I was like, this is whack, man. Like... <laughs> But I get it, and I and I get learning um, under this construct, and some of it was fun, and I aced classes. But in grade school, I was already drawing, so I knew it was an art path this way or art path that way. Sure. <clears throat> when hip hop, you know, when when like you said, when it culturally exploded, and I got to see the the, the bubble gooses. Adidas and now I'm in school drawing characters it just culturally fucked me up totally and I was like I this is there's no other place to be to express you arrived what I'm feeling right now did you remember the first uh, song you ever listened to that caught you 
I heard heard a lot, but I think it was the King Tim the Third joint mm. that fucked me up, and then the the Tila Rock joint where I was just like, this dude is putting his shit together on a whole nother like level. Like a scientist. Yeah. That's classic, man. Look, so pops, pops and mom, you know, growing up, did when you wanted to be an artist, or like, how did you get introduced to? You know, I want people to un- understand of like how you even started to make music. Uh, pops wanted you to do something else, so moms wanted you to do something. Else. Did they like support what you were doing? Yeah, I tell I tell this story like um, after I was just engulfed and 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 just amazed by what was happening culturally. You gotta understand at the time, um, Fable was was in art and design. He was a couple grades ahead of me. Like it was the dudes. Like Rocksteady was coming sure. up to like it was that shit. So, you know, it took about a year or two before I was like, this is what I want to do and started working at the craft. And then when I went to them, I went to them in a very stern manner and looked them, you know, sat them both down and was like, This is what I wanna do. This is as I'm supposed to be going into Parsons School of Design or whatever the cool art college was sure. in New York. And um, I could tell my pops saw something in my eyes that was like, he's pretty serious. And he still said, all right, you got a year, you know, to, to be professional with this. And then that's it. I give you a year. So I had a time limit on that shit and did that weigh on your on, on your head nah we got busy I was like we got we got this like <laughs> I see it you know what I'm saying like I the first demos me and Prince recorded I was able to listen to you know Prince was already an MC you know I was just sure. I was able to listen back to my shit and be like this shit is just totally garbage you know it wasn't what I was hearing in the parks from the crews, it just wasn't good. But I was happy that I was able to see that it didn't match up to where I wanted it to be. So I knew I had work to do at my craft and was uh, eager to do it. So it was, you know, I had we had that that hunger, that that fervor. I was like, we could get at what I'm hearing on the radio right now, you know. And that's when you make a choice to jump in. A hundred percent, whether it's film or whatever it is, when you're like, what I'm drawing or what I'm writing or how I sound or my film ideas, I think at this time, match what I'm seeing professionally, then you got to jump in. And I was just like, I could do better than some of this shit I'm hearing on the radio, (laughs) you know, so they... They're, you know, and Prince talks about this as well. They were super instrumental in us taking that step because I got their <clears throat> acknowledgement and anointing and that, you know, the place was kind of like the hub for us to every day sure. work at it. Sure. You know, now, 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 so a year later, did Pops ever come back to you? He, he know exactly what date it was? We got a deal that summer. You know, I'm, I, yeah. I know, I know that, but I'm saying, did he come back to you, like, you know, and say anything when that happened? Um, yeah, I would, I would say rhymes to him. 
you know, he was listening to our pops was would say like, you know, we would be working on something and he would be like, What's this song? They used to jam in the center. You had to pay so you mm, could enter. enter. And I'd be like, <laughs> My pops is listening to MC Shan. Like <laughs> you Queen, know, like Queen Zone? My mom's too. Like yeah, really? it was it was like you know, we lived around the corner from forty projects. Sure, like, sure. It was just like y'all was saying earlier, it was like the height of crack shit. Every car was bumping hip hop, like with the extra systems. It was park jams around the corner. You couldn't avoid hip hop culturally in the center of Southside Jamaica Queens. So my mom's new songs and my mom's would be like that last one I heard y'all do was kind of good, kind of fly shit. So that has to be a good feeling, you know, especially some some mom and pops are stricter than others, but you know, just to just to explain to them something they don't really know mm-hmm. that how you could be a, a you know, make money or be a professional at and 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 then believe it and then see it. You know, I love those stories. Like there's a lot of people who you know that told their moms like I want to be this and they could have done like you said you could have went yeah. to Parsons, you could have went all these other places but then turned around and and, and showed success in that. that that's yeah. something powerful. I had some drawback from my my uncle who felt like I was forsaking my real gift. Mm. You know. You but still even draw? at that young age I'm like it's the same shit, yeah. man. That's a different art form, yeah. you know. You still draw? Yeah. Yeah. Like just all different characters. I know I you're just, into comics and Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just I doodle, but yeah. I don't concentrate my efforts to get what's out of my head in that way anymore. It's just, you know, a hundred different four bar Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, pieces of rhymes in my phone right now. <laughs> but do you write I forgot who was telling me, man. I'm trying to think, but because everyone, obviously, every artist is different. Some people, uh, you know, uh, write in books. Or some people write, you know, uh, do it, you know, freestyle. Some people don't write shit down. Some people write on their phone at the time and then just spit a, a verse. Like, how, how, how did you, did, did you just do a rhyme book and start writing verses? I forgot who told me. Somebody told me, what did I hear this? Time? Like, you, you, like, you hold on, you got verses for days or whatever. You just, like, do a verse, or, you know, and, 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 and like, you stockpiled a bunch of... Uh, I did yeah. in the beginning. I thought it was essential. Plus, you know, battling back back was different. It's not like you know. So I just had like eighty <laughs> twenty four bar joints ready for a cipher. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and then I went through this phase where I would uh, you know, I would have the topic. And I would write the ABCs on the top of the page to flip each word in each piece. And one time I was out in uh, L.A., I was in a session with Dre. I was mm-hmm. working on something. He seen that on my paper, and he told me that um, uh, DLC really? was the same thing. And I was like, oh, shit, you know. But that was a phase. You know, you ever think of when you stockpile shit like that? I used to tell Sean Prices, rest in peace, man. But um, And I'm glad he did do that because Bernadette was able to do a lot. But, like, for a rapper, for an artist, you know, uh, like, that's their 401K. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you make enough music that, like, you know, if you ever, you know, moved on in life, mm-hmm. that, like, your family or people could, like, 
you know, make these albums or, or just they can live on. And, and, and you ever think of like, give it the, not say, I don't want to say think of death because I had this talk. <laughs> I don't want to start. I feel like I'm name dropping, but I I've have had these conversations with just like, just blazing. I remember him saying like, oh, talk about it because you will die. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's almost like thinking about making a will. Like for a while, I was like, yo, I don't ever want to make a will because that means you're thinking of dying. Mm-hmm. And motherfucker was like, yeah, but you will. And, and, and I, you know, I, I don't know if you ever think like that, like where like music, you know, having songs and stuff or projects is like a 401k, like, you know, just, I mean, yeah, like, it's, de- yeah, definitely like it's, it's the fucking, you know, all the, the, uh, the music that I've amassed now is, is the check. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just got... Check one now, check yeah, one later. I, I just got the Internal Affairs album reverted back and... You know, when you look at legendary the the analytics on all that shit, and you look at all the records, man, it's just like it's crazy. When the you know, I don't just cash the check; I actually like open the paper and publishing wise and see what's still being played and and things of that nature. So yeah, it's important for for that as well, as well as I think about death in the sense that. Um, True creatives, they always have massive ideas. Like, I'm an idea machine, mm. not just, you know. I'm like, if they shape the sneaker like this and line it with the silicone, with the springs, and you know, all the time in a drawing and shit. And I got uh, a co-founder right now for an invention that we just got patented. So I mean that Congrats. literally. So with the like the new project i'm like i gotta get this shit out man anything could happen now and it's been a fucking it's been a a fucked up last five years in terms of our peers and in terms of the the vibrations in new york city and globally so you know mortality is you mean by passing away you know losing p losing sean price yeah and so, yeah, man, you know, you're like, I want to get this shit done. So, so, uh, you know, when I'm going, they won't, they won't fuck up the arrangement the way I had it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll always remember you even more now. I just hate that we live in a world where sometimes people want to show love when someone's gone more than like they're here. And I feel like people keep on saying it. But, no, but people don't always. I mean, I'm starting to see a shift a lot, but it should be. It shouldn't be like that. Like people scramble to find a picture with somebody, you know, when they pass away. Like tell them, tell them beforehand. Like you know, tell them today. Like if you're looking through your phone, or if you're a fan of an artist, you know, like you know, stop. Like I, I just feel that's the only thing that really bothers me sometimes about hip hop is sometimes it's too hard on yeah, the artist. It's a cold culture. Yeah. I learned that. Uh, a while back, because I'm a fan fan. Sure, absolutely, I like, know that. I, you know, I see artists I like, and I'm like... Yeah, yeah. but I think people feel the same like, way no, about you. you. And I'm like, no, but you, and, and yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? And it's, it shouldn't be that way, because the greatness is still marginalized, in a sense. Like, you know, me and God say all the time, like, some of these dudes are really the the Marvin Gaye's and Coltrane's of 
our time lyrically. And like you said, you don't really examine that shit until they're gone and you're sure. reading back and you're listening back to these songs. And it's like, this dude was a fucking genius, bro. You know, like um, how Sean P, you know, I still listen to the songs and I still fucking gut laugh or just shake my head or find myself saying, this nigga said, you know, it's just like, that shit is crazy, you know? Sean Price is a crazy motherfucker, man. But oh, I'll tell you one thing. What what what, what fucks with my heart when is when I listen to the track he did with a uh, uh, Night Wonder. Uh, it's, it's like all oh, this love in my heart. Like yeah, that song, that track is. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many ones where he just like knocked the hat off your head, shut the fuck up. Like he has so many fucking. <laughs> you know, like I love when he's like, you know, I, I shoot up. I forgot what he wrote. He said something like, I shoot up. You know, I mean, yeah, he was so witty, but at the same time, too, you know, it's funny that you, I'm sure over the years that you met uh, a lot of your heroes or a lot of your rap heroes or even a lot of, like, other people you never thought that, you know, you would ever met in your life. But it's it's crazy, too, because you're also, and maybe maybe some people don't fully know that, but I feel like you're well, I feel like you're very well respected, you know what I mean? Like... By all these other people, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like that's why you were saying when you meet somebody, you like you, and they're like, nah, you, like, just, just your wittiness, you know, just, just, just the tr- I, look. I was telling guy, I was like, yo, I was listening to PTSD, man, you know, and, and what's that song I was telling you? Losing my mind. Losing my mind. I still, I, I, I still listen to it. Like, mm-hmm. I still, and we'll get into that. But the whole, the. Uh, the whole mental health and the the mood feeling of mm. it, like and 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 just making it making it like okay to like feel a certain way and not feel strange, you know, like that album. Yeah, that album was special, man. Yeah, and I think again, man, you should delve into whatever you do as a piece of art. So then, when people go back to it, they'll that they they have to get immersed in that emotion again. Wherever you were, whether it's street shit, whatever it is, you know, you want to kind of like capture a moment or vibe or feeling, you know, those are the the best pieces of of art when it's in that, that time capsule but still can stand the test of time. Like the, the Illmatic anniversary just passed and you go back and listen to them songs and if, if you have the moment you could still close your eyes and be like, dun, 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 and, you, and you know, you're like, they caught something with that. And we all have the capability to catch something, but not in the same way. I feel with PTSD, it's like, yo, you have to commit to what it, feel, what it felt like to have suicidal thoughts in order to make this shit real, or else you're just throwing letters on a fucking sure. record. People come up to you, man, about that album. Oh, thank man. you. It was, it was, that run was heavy because um, I committed to doing like Broken Again at the live show, and it would, you know, this four solo albums of energetic, fucking you know, straight bars. And then we would get to a break in a point where I'm singing that chorus and I'm doing that song. 
and I could see the emotional turn or people who had purchased the album or were fans of PTSD, you know, you hear, you know, woo, like they'd be, oh, this is the beginning of the song. He's going to do it. And then um, I could just see the emotion and people change and get in touch with themselves. And then the amount of people that would wait, you know, backstage that would say to me, um, you know, I'm three years sober, I'm, you know, dealing with my shit now. I can't even formulate the words to what that shit is like. And, like, the promoters would be like, you have to. It's like a line of people, like, you have to interact with these people. Like, I know this dude personally, you fucking, you might have saved his life with this album. That shit's crazy, you know. I, I know that, like, expressing yourself in that manner, uh, there's tons of millions of people who have done records like that, but you know that somebody is going to resonate with someone, sure. so that's why you do it, you know. That shit was powerful, man. You know, you mentioned Nas. Like, it's funny that you mentioned 20, 25 years, man. Motherfucker. And it's funny how you mentioned uh, that... Um, did you go to his uh uh the what the, what they have like a celebration for his twenty fifth uh, year for the attic? album? Yeah, no, nah, I didn't go. But you know, it's funny when I think back. I remember you saying uh, a while back that you were at the video shoot that uh, Ralph did. We actually had Ralph on. He was talking about it recently, mm. and um and and it getting shot up. You remember? Mm-hmm. Remember that? I remember that because it was a. At one point, I was like. Ah, uh, nah, is he just biting off the rock him shit and this is people shooting up shit to get the shoot up story yeah. and the shoot up shit on some hip hop shit. But that particular incident, something popped off and they were looking for somebody. And um, <clears throat> that's the first time I saw gunfire inside of a spot. I've seen many shootouts, but I was like seeing the flame come out of the gun. And I remember one of the shooters ran over to, I was over in the corner with O.C. and his wife. Mm. And I was like, he ran towards us with the gun aimed. And I thought to myself, whatever you do, don't dodge or duck or hide under shit. Just stay right here so he can see that you're not the motherfucker that he's yeah, looking sure, for. Sure. And I was like, <laughs> it ain't me, B. And he was just like, <laughs> you know, I was like, this is some grimy ass shit. And then when we were able to run out of the club, you know, the cops were there by then and they had all their guns drawn. So me and OC and his wife exited and they made us like lay flat on the ground. It was a wild, it was a wild night. But who would who have think 25 years later, Illmatic, man? Yeah, I gotta have somebody shoot up the, the new album release party yeah, yeah. guy. <laughs> we gotta do that one. Yeah, now there's so many shit. we'll bounce around, but there's so many different like that's one thing I love about your uh journey. It's like so many different things, like, you know, nasty on the mic, but heartfelt on the summer songs, like that touch people like we said PTSD. And you think about even like something like, Oh no, you know, and rest in peace, Nate Dog. Man, I I'll be honest with you, man. You get to some episodes. I start when you start talking. Everything is rest in peace. Like rest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy. But h- how did that even happen? Because I, I I remember like you know I remember hearing you on that, and I'm like, 
I forgot what you said. Uh, what was the fucking thing you said, man? God, man, you were like, uh, go against like Pharaoh Monch. What'd you say? Like one line in there was insane, man. Uh, I think I hold on. Hold fuck, on. what is it? I think it? I wrote, wrote it down because that's shit. the shit that I remember hearing that shit on the radio, and I was like. Very contagious rap should be trapped in cages, stage that whatever. No, I think it was Hallelujah. That's okay, what Hallelujah, Pharaoh March. Yeah, I mean, do you maintain the same frame of mind? Screw you, yo. But when I heard that, I remember like you know, first of all, the hook was insane, mm. and, and 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 then hearing you, I was like, like how did how did that track come together? Um, that shit was that shit was like. Organic slash insider fucking label fuckery slash me and Moses cool slash have you ever met insider me at label that time? fuckery? I think you know the the label definitely was like you guys got to do a song, and so they kind of orchestrated uh, the beginning of it and uh, stepped to rock while who fucking worked on organized confusion shit before mm. rock was rock. Yeah. Wilder. And um, it played a couple of beats, and I was like, this one is, you know, it's fire. And so um, most called me, was like, yo, let me spit you my rhyme and shit. And I Over like, the phone? Yeah. I just was like, Oh, we got another one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you went, wait, you, you ever I did. I'm a slow writer, man. I probably, I probably was like, yeah, that's just dope, and probably didn't write for another two weeks or something. Label bothering you? Yeah, <laughs> but it, it it was dope because um, it flew me out to uh, L.A. and I got to hear uh, Nate. Nate dog shit, and um. You know, you hear him saying and all, and you're like, oh, this lovely, heartfelt voice. And they, they went to write him a check, and Nate was like, nah, dog, straight cash. Straight cash. <laughs> it was like a Saturday or some shit. <laughs> and he made them go to the fucking pull out money from all sorts of places, and they had fucking family wiring money to pay oh, Nate Dog to do the chorus. <laughs> Yo, you should have asked for cash too. <laughs> yo, yeah, man, yo, most deaf is, uh, man, that dude is so talented, man. You know, Incredible. it's, 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 when's the first time you ever met most? Um, oh, yeah, I seen. Yeah. What's okay. he going by now? What, what, what I have to call him? Um, the nasty most deaf. Long after, um, I started doing solo music, yeah, I was just, you know going around the city to see who and what was, um, you know, just in popping, like, just as a fan. I'm like, it's got to be new shit. Like, sure. It's got to be new dudes. Like, what is what's going on right now? Who is supposed to be the fucking, the new and coming, uh, up and coming artist? And my man Complex was like, yo, you got to see these kids. Talib and most Talib has a bookstore and shit. And we just drove out to the bookstore to see them rock. It was like about 25 people in a closing space. And within that small little space, I was able to be like, holy shit, like these two dudes are 
insane. Just from a cloth even older than, like, it was, like, cold crush slash Dela. Like, they were mm. doing routines in a bookstore, and I was like, this is fucking incredible. And so that's my first time mm. mm. meeting him. Man, were they wearing suits? Nah. Nah. Well, well Talib, Talib, Talib did. That Blackstar run was, uh, he would always stay with a fedora and a suit. Talib. <laughs> it's Quask, man. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I ever uh, heard you say this, but I'm sure somewhere you have, but Farrell Munch. Like, mm. where does that even like, come from? Well, just on some early hip-hop shit, I wanted to be on some King Tim the Third or what's your fucking prefix gonna be to your name so <laughs> so i had already had the munch shit from high school yeah. which is the story of me getting a really fucked up haircut the week before school i was a class clown you know and my hair my head was fucked up the line was fucked up everything was fucked up about the haircut and the hat on the hat teacher tells me to pull the hat off and one of the, the chicks I used to always snap on, she looks, she sees my hair, and she just starts ranking on me, and then she calls me, she says, I look like a Manchi Chi, and even the teacher was laughing. And then she starts singing the song to the cartoon. And the class just erupted, and like I was the butt of the joke, and it was nothing I could do. So I just was like, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to run with the Manchi Chi shit for a while, like it, and I started tagging it, and I kept it. The Pharaoh was later just to try and kind of cover it up and make it fresh when it was something that wasn't. <laughs> hey, listen, it, it sounds dope. It, 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 you lived up to it. You still <laughs> living up to it. Was there names before that? Did you have anything before that? <clears throat> nah, just uh, the human mailbox, because I was 80 <laughs> pounds heavier and I used to beatbox. <laughs> Could, could 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 you could you think of the human mailbox like you know, <laughs> most what? deaf and Nate Dog? I mean, you still would have came with the fire, but the yeah. name would have just been a little bit different. Sounds like a wrestler. Yeah. You know? Everything, man. Everything's not fresh, man. Like the whole simply too positive shit yeah. before we were organized yeah. confusion and Russell being like that is the fucking worst name for a group I've ever. Wow, organized confusion. So Russell Simmons was I able to it, make yeah. us change from. Simply too positive to organize confusion. Oh, okay, so he didn't yeah. like simply too positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we was like, you know, STP, like the oil. He was like, so? <laughs> Yo, it's, it, it's funny that Pharaoh says that because I could see him wearing one of those like uh, uh, mechanic exactly. joints like, with the we, STP. We had it all planned out, but hey, listen. he was like, I'm not signing a fucking group named simply too positive. So then once he changed it, then then he brought it he, on? He, the, the, the story goes, Bobito had the demo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he passed on um, Nas, and he passed on us. And then, like, I swear to you, like a week prior to us going to L.A. to sign out there with uh, Dave Funk and Klein and Hollywood Basic and all that shit, he came back with a with an offer, but it was it was dumb low. He was like, "Fuck you, Russell." <laughs> hey, listen, man. Shout out to Russell, man. He's doing a bunch of yoga right now, and uh, 
You know, he's, 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 I'll tell you one thing. It is hard to, you know, I know even even the other stuff he's going through and, you know, blessings him. But, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about hip-hop uh, and, and Russell's name not come up. You Genius. Know, yeah, you think about, like, uh, you know, all the all the pieces of puzzles he put together, man, you know. Like I had Bill Adler on here a long time ago, and, you know, he was a publicist and, uh, uh, you know, PR. Yeah, I mean, just the stories of Def Jam, you just... Uh, I mean, rush management and just so much more. You know what? Let's take a quick break. Internets, we're sitting here with the one and only Farrell Monch, my guy. He's a good fella. He's not Italian, but he's a good fella. <laughs> Be right back. Cheer. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? I'm Curtis Blow. You know me. Hey, I want you all to check out this incredible, awesome, one-of-a-kind show called the Premium Pete Show. You are now listening to the sounds of the brother 24-7 representing that real stuff right here in the place to be. Tell somebody, you heard? Internet, and we're back sitting here with my guy, Farrell Monch. Yo, didn't you want to make like, I remember a long time ago you said you wanted to make like a disco rock album? Yep, yep, yep. What's up with that? Yeah, man. No? (laughs) 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 Is it going to happen? Oh, man. Um... Yeah, man. How can I say this? So I, we just we're almost done with the project, um, and it's just super, super aggressive and um, dark and edgy, and guy and everybody else is like, stop saying rock. Because rock for, for these dudes over here might mean fucking Blink-182. I yeah. don't know what the fuck. But for me, it means the most illmatic fucking dope shit from the same shit we used to sample. So, uh, yeah. That's all I can really say about it because I can't, you know, I can't drop the... It's a band, uh, but it's it's... It's the album of the year. Yeah. This shit is better than Thriller. It's better than fucking Stairway to Heaven. It's better than Purple Rain. This shit is the best album I've ever heard. Yeah? Yeah. And when are people going to hear it? We're almost done. Okay. Well, listen, like I said, PTSD, man. I mean, that album, one thing I think was important about it is how you touch on mental health. And and I love the world that we're shaping into today. You're ahead of the game on uh, having that conversation in the space, right? I remember you talking about healthcare, right? And uh, yeah, I think I think maybe uh, you were saying that you were doing shows and paying for healthcare, like yeah. some of it using some of your money. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's it's crazy because sometimes there's a lot of us. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, for years being a freelancer. I didn't have no healthcare, right? And it almost becomes a choice. Like, yo, know, do I pay for my rent or do I pay for my health care you know and and it, it, it's, it's what's, what's old girl's yeah. name o- 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 Ocasio yeah she was just like a year and a half ago I didn't have any fucking health care mm. you know all from all walks of the planet it was just it's just an ill situation and we were trying to navigate through how to do it through the actors guild or whatever the fuck you can find how do you do this shit? Because at one point I was paying like six hundred. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck, man? This is 
And you had asthma, right? You had yeah, bad yeah, yeah. asthma, right? But then you go nine months anyway. No. <laughs> and you're not, you know, you, you you good. You're like, yo, man, I could have used that bread to Yeah, maybe I didn't need this. To get this fucking, you know, this feature and shit. You know, you know, <laughs> you know who said it right uh, again and it was Just Blaze. I remember him saying, he went to the hospital and he's had a couple of issues over the years where he ended up in the hospital. And I think he was telling me, like, health insurance and insurance and other things are, it's like, you have them because if you don't know, you don't know when they're important when, unless you don't have them. Because I remember he went to the hospital, the hospital bill was like $175,000. That's he, happened to me. But he only paid, uh, you know, like, because he, he had health insurance, right. he only paid like uh, a 2000 Right. Like, you know, you know what I mean? So you think about, like, you know, it, like it, over the course of all of these years in New York City, like I've been hospitalized, and like like they're saying, you you look at the way shit is itemized. Like a Tylenol in the emergency room is like fucking twenty five dollars, yeah, and shit. So I've been in in hospitalized for weeks, and that shit is, you know, and this is like years ago. I don't know what they would do to people now, and I, you know, essentially I would be like, what the fuck, man? Like who? Like how? What? How long do you continue to fucking pay on a fucking bill this way when you don't have insurance and what have you? So, yeah, you think about like, even like how how the paperwork is set up. I, I remember being in the hospital. This is crazy, but I, I I remember being in the emergency room when my lady was uh, about to give birth, and we were, get, we were rolling her in there. Yo, there was some guy. I swear to God, he came in. He had a fucking pipe in his head, and they were like, "Yo, you got an insurance?" And they were making him fill out a card, uh, not a card, a a, a, a fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the thing with the fucking metal piece that holds the paper, I was like, yo, is, I, I, I literally said, yo, you, somebody better get this guy in the fucking, he's bleeding out his head. Yeah. Motherfuckers wanted him to write down if he, you know, had male or female, his date of birth. Motherfucker, find that out later. Like, it, it, it's crazy, but I, I remember how much PTSD, you know, the album. Being in emergency rooms all my life fucking gave me PTSD in itself. Like, like you said, I would just be in an emergency room and dudes would be like, I got shot in the forehead and, you know, just rolling all, like, what wasn't in an emergency room sure. in Brooklyn and, and South Jamaica, sure. Queens. Jamaica Hospital was the gun unit, the, the, the surgery unit for all five boroughs for police officers. So any gun trauma, and, and that's it, they're like rushing people from halfway across the city because that's one of the number one gun sur- bullet surgery places. So in those stints over my lifetime, like, I've seen the wildest shit just being in the emergency room. Like, gun shit trickling into the emergency room from being on the street and dudes being like, where'd they take the motherfucker? Jamaica. Like, dudes coming into the emergency room, like, where the fuck is he at? I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, how are you in the emergency room with guns? So. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's a different time in, in, in day, man, when you think about what it was. Yo, as we continue to go over the journey, man, one of the greatest stories, uh, or even songs, like, you know, there's so many. Uh, it's crazy of how, how, how many different levels you took music. You know what I mean? Everything from you, you know, back in the day. To one more, group, you know. I got one more. Yeah. 
Oh, one more album? No, you got more. But you, but, but you the can new still, shit? Yeah. That shit is crazy. I gotta hear this shit. You know how you know how rappers or artists they they say you expect an artist to say this shit is my best record. Yeah, or best yeah, yeah, my best work, yeah. This shit is the best record. It's that fire. I look forward and to it. I'm, I'm a humble dude, you know. Yeah, me no, no, of course, of course, of course. You know, so Simon says, right? How did how did that even come up? Like how did What's the story on that? Because I know that. Yeah. Think about how big that song was. You know. So, um, after fucking with Talib and most a couple of times in the bookstore and just coming through and yo, we gonna be here and we doing this show there and um, I'm starting to <clears throat> work on music. You know, because I wanted to get a vibe of what what the shit was. I just didn't want to start working on music. In the old frame of mind, I wanted to get a sense of what the vibe was in the city, whatever, firsthand. So I was taking in shows and driving the different shit when shows were out and seeing what new artists were doing. And Quali recommended to me that I might want to check out Raucous. Mm. Um, they drop a lot of singles, indie-ish record company that would be into what I do and that's how I got you know I went to check them out I played them a couple of things and that's how I got involved with Raucous and then um you know that summer again I was listening to what's on the radio and I was just like um it was it was a dope dope year um where, where Raucous was taking it with the way they were releasing a lot of um so to speak, mixtapes and compilations with lyricist lounge and sound bombing and things like that with Eminem and, you know, all these amazing MCs on the shit. But then it was a different vibe going on at radio. And so I challenged myself to, you know, be be a little different, come with a different energy. And I just remember telling uh the dudes at the label like I could deliver records to you that can compete with what I'm hearing they won't be shiny but the energy of it will be able to compete like you know I had a couple of things in mind already so I asked them in return if I deliver these records I need you to deliver these records like if I go there with the records I need you to go there like sure. right. so um about two weeks later, a friend of mine, one of my best friends, we just went to the Mets game yesterday, saw them, saw them slaughter Philly. And um, he was a, a movie head as well, into Monster Films, Kong, Godzilla, Gamera, all the whole monster movie shit. He, he bought the, the CD, the soundtrack. And he called me, he was like, yo, you might want to come down and listen to this shit. This shit is insane. So, um, you know, the, the the Godzilla sample is what Simon says is the Godzilla sample. But it was so much more shit on this uh, CD, which he bought from uh, Tower Records. Rest in peace. Time. Rest in peace. And um, I just heard the intro and the, 
in the four bars and just went home and put drums to it. You write the hook already for just from hearing it? I, I just sat with it for a while, just just letting it play like, dude, don't fuck this up. Do you do you remember playing in the club? Like do you do you remember seeing people's reactions to that song? Because that song charted for uh, I mean, I don't know how all the analytics on the motherfucking mm-hmm. thing, but that song was a uh, what yeah. guy top forty, top hundred uh, uh, Simon says? At one at one point, it was in rotation on seventy nine stations out of eighty something stations that played hip hop across the country. That's when I knew it had went went. Sure, sure. Right. That it pop, you delivered something to them. Right. Were they happy with that record? Sorry. Were they happy with the record? Oh yeah 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 yeah. When everybody uh um headquarters rest in peace. Um, Primo's boy yeah, yeah, was yeah. working up at Raucous and uh, he was kind of like the first one I played it for and he was just like yeah and I beat behind it uh, yeah. so they they heard it and their first remark was you know this chorus is gonna offend females and whatever female fan base you have. And, da, da, da. and I was like, no, it's all fun. And, you know, it's fun. It's hip-hop. It's like they would know that, I, you know. And they recommended that I, like, alter the titties. Not <laughs> the rub like, on your titties? Yeah, it was a lot of things that happened with that album that they recommended that I change. And I was just like, isn't this raucous? Like... Why the fuck do I gotta change my lyrics? Did you change? Did you? Uh... No, nah, I didn't change it. <laughs> hey, listen, you guys—that's you remain a true artist, you know. Yeah. You know, m- moving and touring, right? That you're still doing overseas. How long did you ever think? I, I, I know, I know, you envision some of this, but it's gotta be amazing to think about a kid from Queens. Uh, you travel like inter- you know internationally too for yeah. years already. Like when was the first time you were like you got where have you gone like Prague and all these places like you ever thought about like insane, and you know the I think the simple answer to the shit is especially during you know these times when it was booming that art isn't suppressed like it is in America and it's kind of more artsy free, and so they gravitate to artists per sure, se. Sure. Or at least they did more than uh, typical contrived machine shit that comes out. And so that's why artists were thriving overseas, just like jazz artists did when, you know, they were like, what is this shit Miles is doing? Like, we don't understand. It's like, all right, I'll go to Paris. Credit who, who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, when when you spoke about uh, Raucous, uh, with Simon says didn't like didn't Godzilla or, or whoever made the fucking movie didn't have a problem with the fucking sample. Nah, man. But you know, they they posed as a indie, but they had the power of a major. Yeah. They had a sample clearance department. Why it was they... like functioning. Yeah. Like I've always been on a functioning fucking platform. Right. 
here is the fucking sample information, B. Do your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they they dropped the ball on that one. They dropped the fucking ball terribly, and then had another chance to pick the ball up when we got served. I was cutting grass in Queens, and some man comes up to me, Troy Jamerson. Yeah, that's me. Slides me the paper. I turn the lawnmower off and look at the shit. I'm like, oh shit being sued named in the lawsuit is myself priority and raucous but the shit was $14,000 or whatever and I'm like alright no problem they're like we're not paying it and then the next incarnation of the shit was fucking $375,000 whatever crazy astronomical amount it was before they were like holy shit you know because what was happening was where the album was only at at the time 300,000 copies sold which is unfucking heard of now which is yeah it was even amazing. Right. It was it was just getting licensed so it was in so many films and so many fucking television shows and movies that, you know, the people who owned the sample was like, What the fuck, bro? You know, the shit's in fucking five films right now. That summer. And why the fuck didn't they pay that fourteen thousand and get out of the way, man? What the fuck? Listen, you know, you you definitely uh, uh, considered, uh, you know, one of the lyrical elite. Did the and I, and I know you're a very heartfelt person, but did that mumble rap or the did you ever did that ever bother you? You know what I mean? And I'm I'm I mean in the sense of like you know where people say like real hip hop, right? And I think that always been the disconnect with like younger you know uh, artists. But there's a lot of older artists that are like, yo, you know, I do me, you do you, mm-hmm. and it's all love. Mm-hmm. How, how you felt about, like, you know, because you are considered one of the lyrical elite, you know? Right. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know how I come off. I, I, I think about shit that I say, obviously, but I really didn't give a fuck, man. I don't, I don't really care. I think I hated snap, snap music more than trap music. And it's a couple of things I do fuck with out of that genre. And then the way music is disseminated now, it's not really forced on me. It's there. But I don't fucking listen to the radio anyway. So sure. I avoid the shit when it's it's annoying. Or if I go to hear somebody set and they playing too much of that shit for me, I'm like, yo, B, I'm out. Yeah. So I still gravitate to the shit that I like, like the the, the fucking uh, uh, the T-shirt record by uh, the brothers Migos. Yeah, you know, I just like the record, so I don't give a fuck about what people think. People be like, "You like that shit?" Out, yeah. And then there's some of that shit, some of their shit. I'd be like, "This shit is whatever." 
but they're the tightest at that shit to me. Yeah. I think um, they body what they do with it. And then, just like any other thing, we were talking about immersing yourself in the craft of it. It's just a huge percentage of the shit that's just like, we're doing this because it's what is everybody's doing. Sure. And you hear the difference of it when you listen to it. And the same thing label-wise and culturally when anything becomes popular and everybody starts going in that direction and everybody's not nice at the shit. Like the fucking, um, you know, the lo-fi mm. sample movement. I hear this shit all day, but everybody is not as nice as Marciano. Mm. Rock? At it. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's nasty. Who are you listening to when you say, you know, you don't listen to the radio, but who who, who has been, you know, who was songs right. that Farrell <laughs> listens to? Right now I'm listening to Your Old Droog. Mm. Really? Yep. Makami. I'm listening to... Um, Quayle Chris album. So my head is kind of still. I don't even. Is that even underground? I don't know. My head is kind of still sure, there sure. for vibe and whatever. I just uh, skimmed through the, the Anderson, the new Anderson Pack yeah, album. Yeah. And just like going from song to song, I was like, this shit is already brilliant. I haven't lived with it yet, but it's just brilliant. Each song, every time I dropped on something, it embodied a thing, which is insane. Kids talented, man. Yeah. Kids talented. <clears throat> um, and and a lot of jazz dudes, too, like yeah. uh, Marcus Strickland, Keon Harold, Chris Daddy Dave. So I've been in that world a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. Heavily inspired by jazz. Yo, do you ever meet Eminem? Yeah. Like, where? Like, like a long time ago? Or? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> well, because the reason why I say that for because you're one of those dudes, definitely, that he uh, respects. You know what I mean? Like, M is always into his underground shit. It's crazy. I actually uh, uh, always see him wearing some old school shirts of, you know, whether it be Black Moon or mm -hmm. Audio 2 or... He, 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 oh, yeah, Organized yeah, Community. I seen him wearing that. So I'm saying... That even without him wearing that, you know, I know he you're you're a person that he's uh definitely fucks with. Where'd yeah. that happen? Where'd you meet him? Sorry. Eight mile? You met him in in in, in Detroit? Uh, in Detroit. Yeah. It's dope that he does that too, man, because it's just like um it's just so many fucking genres and fans of shit that doesn't realize, you know the steps sure sure so even when he he rocks the shirts that shit does a lot for you know i saw how he was uh rocking the master ace joint how that shit resonates with uh you know fans and they go and they check for shit and they listen sure sure sometimes you need uh he basically gives some of the pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. for people who may not know you know who's he inspired by or who he, or, or where he can. I love that he does that shit, you know. Is there anyone, look, you came from Queens, like I said, you know, uh, could have went left, could have went right, you know what I mean, as far as being an artist, uh, as drawing and then, you know, get into music and travel the world. And 
Was there ever a point where you were collaborating with somebody or did a song with somebody or were in a room where, 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 you know, have you met a lot of your, you know what I'm saying, like heroes? Like, yeah, that, yeah. You know? Definitely. I mean, it's still a lot to do. So as I, as I try and contemplate on who those people would be, it also, it, you know, when we were talking earlier, going back to what you were saying about mortality, it's like so much shit to do. Like every time, like I did a lot of the album at a premiere studio in Queens and every time premiere would come in and we would be wrapping up he'd look at me like cuz we never you know we never worked together and sure. shit so like I'm like I got to 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 do this shit you know what I mean like it's just a, so many ideas hip hop wise and c- collaborative shit that uh I have personal fin- friends that be like yo it's blasphemous that some of that shit hasn't gotten done yet. Sure. You know, so when you ask me a question like that, I think about, like, just outlandish 25-minute <laughs> collaborative <laughs> bars with, with people. You know, just different shit. Like, yeah. I was talking to um, Keon Harrell. He's a trumpeter yeah. about doing, like, one of those, like, Coltrane type, you know, records where it embodies this this full spectrum, you know, at like ninety eight beats per minute and turns into you know, turns into something else. And just in those little spaces it could just be eight bars of bars and then it takes off and goes somewhere again. Just completely out of the spectrum of Sounds like a the, movie. Right. The arrangement of what we get right now. Because, you know, I, I know how to arrange a fucking, you know, song for consumption by the general public. But who gives a fuck? Like, I, I have that, too. And if you really want that, you can go listen to fucking Simon Says. But let's take it, you know, in this part of the career, let's do some shit that's just like, who does that? And if you really got 20 minutes, which I know is impossible because the way our music is disseminated and we all don't have time, but, like, why not? And the thing I love about the the jazz dudes is they're like, when? Mm. Let's go to the studio. Let's get it done. You know, they're, they're not afraid at all. And these dudes are crossing the genres, which is what's dope about the Glasper, Keon. Didn't you do? Didn't you do something with him? Didn't you win yeah, yeah, a Grammy yeah. with him? Yeah, we. Um, Keon Harrell, Robert Glasper. That dude's Keon super Harrell talented. Played man. the trumpet in the Miles Davis movie, so all the trumpet you hear being played in the film, that's him playing it. And then uh, Don Cheadle, Guy, Robert, Keon came together to to work on the song for the ending credits of the movie and we wind up writing that song and you know they won a Grammy for the album so no congratulations kinda, yeah 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 okay. thank you thank did, you did they send you one did you get they, the... they, they didn't give me the fucking thing but I got the oh the plaque the, yeah okay okay tell me where, where the fuck is another Grammy you know, tell me we get a replica you know what I mean a retro or something <laughs> don't have to be the uh... so what so we spoke about 
you know, when uh, we spoke about the album and when can people, when can Faramage fans expect, uh, you know, I'm, I don't have to give a date, obviously, mm-hmm. but when can they expect, is this summer maybe? Um, I'm, I'm dropping music all summer, like crazy out there shit, fire shit, some collaborations with some of my favorite artists, nothing from the album yet because the rollout for this album is going to be... Well, what have you come? Like what have you? Lasers. And what's the name? What's the name? You have a name yet? Okay, <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Now, <laughs> now, 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 you'll be touring right overseas. Where else? Where, where in the states? June twentieth in uh, Brooklyn, the summer stage. Summer stage, June twentieth in Brooklyn. Where mm-hmm. else? It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, uh, Farrell, was it on Twitter and Instagram? You fuck with Twitter still? Yeah. I'm like? Farrell March on Twitter and I'm Farrell March on Instagram. Farrell March on Facebook. Facebook. I fuck with uh, Instagram more because it's visual. Yeah. And, you know, you see it and shit. But I'm everywhere. Yeah. Uh, people uh, stay connected to you, find out where, you know, he'll be uh, touring. When then, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what, that's what you're doing uh, uh, June 20th? Yeah. Okay, okay. Shit. God damn! Oh, thank you, guy. Guy, guy, rotate. Giving all the updates from the from the cut, you know. Prince. Oh, oh, oh my God! Twenty years, man. Twenty years. Fuck. Crazy. Who the fuck would have thought this? You know, I really, I really. Uh, uh, is pops is pop still around? No, nah, no, nah, he passed. Rest in peace. But I, I really enjoy. You know, when I think back of our conversation, right? Now, I really enjoyed how happy and how involved he was. Uh, in the way you talk about uh, your come up, yeah, man. You, you know that 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 means a lot. Like I always it's preach. Too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom's still. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's in the studio. Nah, but she, you know, we play the play the records. Like I still play the records, and, and you know, she still has an ear. Like some puff shit to come on the TV, and she'd be like, "I don't like puffy, man." <laughs> like. She's wild. <laughs> Yo, it, be, before we, as we wind this episode down, have uh, you ever performed somewhere that was uh, like one of your craziest like places to perform? Like that, that, that was a memorable moment. I mean, I know it's hard to fucking answer because I'm sure you fucking. It's, it's, it's it is. It's it's like almost impossible from the mega shows. With, with Rage Against the Machine yeah, yeah, yeah. and Rock the Bell shit and you come out and there's fucking 75,000 people and you're like, no fucking way that fucking people reach that far out to fucking, you know, whatever. I remember we, I remember I, my one of my first shows with Boogie Blind. I know Boogie Blind was down there. We did a show at like Syracuse University in the, in the, in the like dome and shit. Like I'm like, man, this is where the orange men play. And it was like three people in all of that whole shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Yeah, it was like it was weird, man. It but we the show was crazy. You can ask Boogie Blind, like, you know, whenever that happens, you know, any professional is like, all right, man, we got this big ass stage. We just got fucking paid rehearsal. You know mm. what I mean? Let's go get busy. 
and a minimal amount of people that was there was still like, this is the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank God there was no Instagram at that time. Yeah, that, nah. That was so true. <laughs> they, yeah. it, it was just, it was roped off, you know what I mean? But it was like, that shit was so bugged out. I'm like, who, like, who did this shit? Like, why? Yeah. Colleges, funny. you know, they have the budget, so they just... They just put a, put a show together. Yeah. Put <laughs> well, I tell you, listen, you know, when you drop your album, once you come back up, more, you know, we definitely... Uh, promote the album but most importantly how's how's your health doing everything's okay good with you? I can't complain it's, it's like with that shit and the, and the weather change and the allergies like they were saying today was a real bad pollen day I just gotta be extra extra on top of everything yeah and what about your mental state good good yeah. man I'm in a happy place yeah I'm in a happy place I'm in a happy place let me just leave it at that yeah yeah well that's great to hear internet let me tell you something okay Stay connected to Pharaoh Monch. If you know, uh, if you know about Pharaoh, okay, I hope you learn a, a couple of things more. If you don't, stay connected to him. And I, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm very thankful for the music and and, and just the the way you brought attention to mental health, uh, especially with PTSD, especially because it makes you it makes people realize like you know that they're not alone. Right, and so that means a lot to me, and I've seen it how, how much it right. means to other people, right, right. or what you've done. So you you know that you see that we spoke about how much you have you know helped change people's lives. So I like that you continue to do you, not what not what say people like expect it to be. Well, internet, listen, the one and only, my guy, Farrell Monch. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate Thank you, man. well. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, then hit me up. That's right, email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. If you're an advertiser, any big company, small company, startup, whatever it is, you want to advertise on the Premium Peep Show, hit me up. Email thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll get to working, okay? And if you have a suggestion or you want to hear a certain guest on the show, whatever it is, okay? You know, you could at Premium Pete at Premium Pete Show on Twitter or Instagram, or for the last time I'll tell you, well, I'm not gonna, it's not the last time, email me, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com, and let's get to working. Cheers.